John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If I were not so, I would have told you. For I go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, to uh, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. She said to him, have I been with you, uh, uh, have I been so long with you and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How do you say, show us the Father? You do not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Otherwise, believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. After a little while, the world will behold me no more, but you will behold me, because I live, and you shall live also. In that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you." He who has my commandments and keeps them, he uh, it is who loves me, and he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what, uh, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace, I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I go to the Father, and the Father is greater than I. And now I, am, uh, I have told you before it comes to pass, that when it comes to pass, you may believe. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go from here. Amen. Um, so from uh, the last uh, um, chapter uh, was, um, you know, beginning of uh, what's, what's sometimes called the farewell discourse. And I told you uh, in chapter 13, remember everything else he said, he said, I only speak what I hear from the Father. I don't speak of my own initiative. But in chapter 13, towards the end, he actually now starts sharing his own teaching. This is from him. And he says, a new commandment I give to you, love one another. And then the, basically the next three, pat, the three chapters are really expounding on that primary teaching. 
And so uh, if you, if you uh, imagine yourself as a disciple right now, uh, number one, you've been told that Peter is going to betray Jesus, right, before the cock crows. Uh, you know, you've been told that, that he's going to go somewhere that they have no idea uh, where he's going. Um, uh, he's, uh, um, uh, uh, they're, they're, in a, they're in a very difficult mood, so to speak. And so, of course, he starts off the whole uh, talk by saying, don't let your heart be troubled. Um, Jesus has, has always cared for his disciples. And even though he knew what was going on and all these things, he, he still always, always cared for them. And we'll see that in a few chapters more. Because look, but he, 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 looks at, he looks at the faces of his disciples that some will betray him, some will deny him, and most will run away from him and not be there in his time of need. And, and you know, uh, a few chapters later, he calls them his friends, uh, uh, preempt. And so he's always had this concern. And so uh, at the end of chapter 14, uh, he, he'll leave the upper room. Remember, this, that's where these guys are at right now. And then uh, in the next three chapters, he'll speak to them on the way to Gethsemane um, as they're making their way to the garden and his night of anguish. Uh, before the Lord. And so, um, I mean, this is just a, a, a really difficult place, but he tells them, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back for you. That, that's the encouragement, and that's always the encouragement that we all have, uh, each one of us. Um, uh, I, um, yesterday, uh, I, I was invited by the um, uh, I was invited by the Israeli uh, consulate general uh, to watch uh, uh, the film that journalists watched, uh, and you know, State Department people and things. It's a 47-minute um, uh, capture from Hamas uh, from their own GoPros, right? So it's from their point of view, uh, shooting people, beheading people. It was crazy. I, I I don't know how many times I turned my head. And the whole time I was watching that, you know, like in this world, if Jesus doesn't come back, oh my gosh, we're in big trouble. Like the whole time I was sitting there, and it was it was it was excruciating, and and I just kept thinking, man, you know, if Jesus doesn't come back, what are we gonna do, right? I mean, if 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 Christ the second coming and He doesn't come with His hope, man, we have no hope. And it was, it's like outside of Jesus, man, it was so despairing, you know, when you think about this, especially in the midst of this kind of crazy violence, man. I tell you, those Hamas guys, they were animals. I mean, they were like animals. You know, uh, there's this one depiction where they, they threw a bomb. Uh, a, a father and two sons were running away. This is in the kibbutz. And they went into a little shelter. The guys came and threw a bomb, threw a, a grenade in there. The father died. The two boys are out. They're all bleeding, you know, and they're in the, now they're in their living room. And the guy just opens up the fridge and drinks a Coke, you know. And I was like, these guys are animals. It's just crazy. And then, like, and when you think about it, you think about justice and you think of all these things, you're like, man, you know, if Jesus doesn't come back, what are we going to do as a world? You know, I mean, it, it, it was so daunting, you know, and, and, and I, I know I was, I was going to speak on this passage today, and, you know, 
I'm comforted by the same words that the disciples are. Let not your heart be troubled. There's a lot of troubling things in the world around us. And the encouragement is still alive for today. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. The, the, next, uh, uh, the, the next part of this, uh, after his little discourse, is the, uh, chapter 14 is centered on three interruptions. And so these are the three interruptions that will dictate his prayers, or, or not prayers, his teachings. And so uh, first he says, I'm going to go, I'm going to prepare the way for you. you know, and then, of course, Thomas says, what, where are you going? Right? You know, uh, you know, how do we know the way? You're going to prepare. How do we know the way? And Jesus says one of the most famous passages of, of, of uh, words of Christ. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Now, previously, he's already told them that he was the truth. They had understood that. He also told them that he was the life. This is the first time he tells them that he is the way. And so uh, um, they, 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 they really have, have no idea what's going on. And then uh, um, as, as Jesus continues to talk, you know, he talks about, uh, um, uh, you know, the Father and these things. And then the second interruption happens in verse 8 in Philip. And Philip uh, simply asks, show us the Father. Uh, that's his next interruption. And Jesus' remark, right, is is I'm in the Father. Notice, every question that these guys have, the answer is Jesus. You know, I, I, I say this once in a while, I joke, right? Every question, the answer is Jesus. Actually, in this case, it's totally true. Every question they'll have, you say, I'm the answer, right? I'm the way, right? I am in the Father. And so, um, uh, the, the exclusive claim that, you know, the only way to the Father is through Jesus is not just a theme in John. This is actually written all throughout. Let me just read a few for you. In Matthew eleven twenty seven, he says, All things have been handed over uh, to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal. Uh, Peter will later preach in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, And there is salvation in no one, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And so this exclusive claim, and, and, and I think this is probably why most of the world are upset with Christians. Um, because because we're, we're making an exclusive claim, or I should say Jesus is making an exclusive claim. And that really offends a lot of people. But the gospel was already, was already meant to be offensive right? You know, uh, foolishness, right? Uh, 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 to the Greeks and a stumbling block to the Jews. And it was always meant to be that way. And so, um, uh, so we have this exclusive claim. And then, remember, it goes back, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. And really, the rest of the passage um, will talk about the relationship between love and obedience, uh, love is not just a feeling. It is definitely a feeling. Love is action. In God's economy, love is action. Let's just read a few. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 21, 
The one who right, keeps my commandments is the one who loves me. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Verse 24, the one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. It's very clear, this, this, this uh, biblical relationship between love and obedience, or, or love and action is, is another way we can say this. And don't bypass uh, that relationship. And, and I, think, I think we understand this as well in human relationships. I mean, if, you know, you, you guys that are married here, I mean, gosh, if, if your spouse says that they love you, you know, but then he's got like three other girlfriends, well, I don't, I don't think you really love them, right? I mean, let's just be honest, right? You, you clearly got a divided heart in this way. And, and, you know, I mean, this, this, is, this is such common sense. But for some, whatever reason, when we think about Jesus and we think, oh, he's so full of grace, he doesn't care if I disown. No, he cares. He says it very simply. If you love me, like if you really love Jesus, you will keep his commandments. That will be a sign of that love. It, it, it'll, it'll be an overflow of that love. And, and in the same way, you know, I, I love my wife so much, I'm not going to cheat on her. Uh, you know what I mean? You know, one of my mentors, you know, who, who was uh, Billy Graham's right-hand man, you know, Tom Phillips, he, he's, it's, it's, old, it's an old uh, illustration, okay? So some of you young people may not understand. And he basically said, you know, I mean, why am I going to, you know, go for the Pinto when I got a Cadillac in the garage, right? And, you know, his old idea, some of you guys don't have no idea what a Pinto is, but it's a junk car, okay? You know, and so, so why am I going to go after all these things when I got my wife, you know, who's, who's uh, uh, the best in that way? But that's, that's, that's the reality. If we really love something, of course, we're going to keep our commandments, right? We're going to be loyal in these type of things. And that's really all that he's saying here. You know, and in that same time that in terms of this obedience and, and, and all these things, because in, in, our, in our world and day, in our culture, obedience, submission, you know, authority, these days it's got a bad rap. You know what I mean? Like, like if, you, if you look at, and, you know, because I'm American, so I see a lot of this stuff happening in America, and you see all these, you know, a bunch of idiots marching on the street and these kinds of things. And what are they? They want anarchy. I mean, that's really what they're crying out for. Is that they, they don't want any authority, right? They don't want to obey anybody. They don't want to submit under anyone in this way. And you see how those, these very, in, these principles are under attack because they're, they're the very foundation by which we have our life with God. It's about obedience. It's about submission, right? It's about his authority and submitting to his authority, you know? And it's, and it's not a mistake that there, there is a revolution going on around the world, right, that's really crying out for anarchy, which is the opposite of all of these things that are happening. What, what, the, what the Bible is, is simply trying to express to us is a theocracy. In other words, uh, um. A, a land, a people governed by God. The opposite of theocracy is anarchy, right? Is everyone, right, governs themselves, right? I'm in charge, right? Not God, not anybody else. You know, I, I'm, I'm the boss, and, and I get to do whatever I want to do, regardless of what it means for anybody, everybody else. That's anarchy, and it's the exact opposite of this theocracy by which the Bible, the church, 
you know, has been really founded on in this way. And so, so, so this is the situation we're in right now. Uh, but Jesus doesn't leave us alone. And he doesn't leave the disciples alone either. And this, this beautiful, beautiful discourse on the comforter. Now, uh, the word uh, for the Holy Spirit that he'll use here primarily um, uh, is, a, uh, is a compound word. It's two words come together. It's, uh, the, the word in Greek is the parakletos, or the, he was, he's the paraclete, but the parakletos. And it comes from two words, para, which means beside, and kaleo, which means to call. And so the Holy Spirit is the one that's called to stand right alongside of us. It's got, it's got two, two different meanings, but, but they're both very important for us. The first one is totally legal. And so this is legal terminology. And so uh, we know in our legal system, you have your defense attorney, um, or sometimes they call it your advocate. And so that's the same word here, pericolate. In other words, he's the one who stands right alongside of you to defend you. And so we know at judgment... Um, you know, you know, the first judgment, it passes over, but when we, when we come to, uh, uh, well, I should say, this is why the first judgment passes over. You have the judge as God, you have Jesus, right, and the Holy Spirit, our paraclete, who stands alongside of us, our advocate, and then you have uh, the prosecution, which would be the devil. And he'll list off all the things that you did in my life, and every single one of those things are true. Like, you did that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you felt that in your heart. And all that's going to happen. And then, the, and he's going to pronounce, you know, I don't know if you're going to see a movie screen. There's a, there's a lot of different things that's going to happen. And then, the judge is going to look at you. But instead of looking at you, he's going to look at Jesus. Because Jesus is going to stand in front of you. And he'll say, not guilty. And that's what it means. We're passed over from judgment. And so in this way, it's, it's kind of the legal term, the one who stands beside you in court, right? This is the advocate and defends you. The second meaning of the parakletos is literally the word comforter. Um, and this is the one who, who comes alongside of you and stands alongside of you in sorrow. And, and you know, it's this word, kind of the idea of comfort, where, where in our English we get. And when you're having difficult times, when you're troubled, when you're going through pain, then the Holy Spirit comes as your comforter. And he comes and stands alongside of you. Now, notice, notice what Jesus says. He says, I'll send you another helper, another comforter. You know why? Who's the first one? It's Jesus. So Jesus is the first comforter. And now you have the second comforter that's here, which is the spirit of truth. And, and he's, he's, he's just like Jesus, right? He's the spirit of truth. Remember, Jesus is the truth. Um, the world will not accept him just like it didn't accept Jesus. Even, even some churches don't accept the Holy Spirit, you know, in this way. And he will live in the disciples uh, as a father lives in him, and then he will also live in us in that way. And then Judas asked the third interruption. Judas asked the question. Um, this is verse 22. We know it's not, it's not Judas Iscariot. It's the other uh, Judas. And he said to him, then what has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? And unfortunately, Jesus doesn't answer that question. He just kind of bypasses it. And he goes back to, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. He goes back to his central teaching 
in this way on obedience and love, and that will kind of carry us through. And then they'll start walking uh, towards uh, Gethsemane. Uh, and, uh, you know, 15 is, you know, Jesus and the vine. Uh, and so they're probably walking by and looking at vines, and then, then it starts his teaching. Okay, so let's close our eyes. Love and obedience, submission, authority. Very dislike words in our culture, but so important in his church. Actually, in society. It's interesting, there, there was these reports about people that were saying defund the police and everything, and, you know, they were on the forefront of that, and as soon as they got robbed, guess who called? They called the police. You need authority. You need law and order. And the primary reason why is because man is sinful. If we really love we will obey. It's really that simple. That's why some of us have done experiencing God. Remember what Blackaby says? He says, you don't have an obedience problem. You have a love problem. Very, very astute. He's clearly read the book of John. Do you have an obedience problem? Are there some people, may, maybe you're one of those Christians that you'll obey the senior pastor or someone, but you won't really honor and obey your house church leader. There's some kind of weird like hierarchy going on in your mind. We see that all the time. Or maybe you're the kind that you love and obey your friends. But man, whatever your dad says to you, forget it. There's a love problem happening there. Express in your disobedience. And so let's just ask the Holy Spirit who's in us, who stands right alongside of us, who speaks truth to us. Let's ask Him to reveal if there's any parts of our heart that are really coming under you know, what, what the writers will call the sons of disobedience. And let's see if there's any areas that maybe we need to shore up and repent of and then make right. Let's pray.
Spirit, our Comforter, to come alongside and just remind us, remind us of what He's taught us, remind us of the truth. You know, and if and if there's people that we have a difficult time obeying, it could be your boss, your house church leader, your pastors, your parents. You know, people in authority that God has given to you, and yet there's something there. Ask God to reveal what it is. And then release that that word of repentance. Uh, let's just go before him.
Let's go to our community prayers and let's pray for our friends and family that are going through chemo and radiation therapy and let's ask for God's healing. Let's pray for our community that are battling through illness, but also needs to meet with Jesus. So let's pray for physical healing. Let's pray for the word of salvation. Let's pray for our community dealing with a non-cancer related illness. So let's pray for God's healing word. Let's pray for our community that's looking for work. Let's pray for open doors and God's provision. Let's go to our community prayers. Let's pray for uh, uh, China. Uh, let's ask God to continue to be with our uh, communities uh, in Beijing and Shanghai and the Chongs and churches. Um, we had a little incident on uh, Sunday in Beijing, and so continue to cover them and ask God's uh, hand of protection, especially uh, upon them. Uh, let's pray. Let's pray for our, our board. Uh, let's ask God to uh, use uh, our deacons and just give them wisdom and lead them. Uh, pray for the Holy Spirit to be upon them. Uh, Kenny, you should ask or add Ben Chen uh, to that list. Uh, let's pray.
Let's pray for our fellowship ministries. Uh, let's ask God to be with our men's and women's ministry, uh, our prayer meetings, but especially in this new year uh, that hopefully new initiatives will start and, and hopefully we'll have a retreat uh, this year as well. Uh, let's just cover them. Let's cover our hospitality uh, ministries. Uh, uh, let's pray for our logistics and our welcoming. Uh, let's pray for God to be with our volunteers that would really use them to be uh, uh, such a welcoming presence in the church. Let's pray for the house churches meeting tonight. Uh, let's pray for the leaders and uh, the hosts and as the members gather together to really draw close to God and to one another. Let's go to member focus. Let's pray for Christy Chan. Let's pray for breakthrough in spiritual relationship career and her parents' salvation. Let's pray. pray for Marion. Uh, pray to prioritize praying with her husband. Uh, let's pray for God's direction and wisdom in her work and her family's health. Uh, let's lift up. Pray for Heinsen. Uh, pray for restoration of good relationship with the son and, and provide enough business uh, for the company. Uh, let's lift up. Let's, uh, let's do as we've been doing. Uh, please connect with somebody. All right? uh, let's agree together in prayer. And 
let's pray for Addie. Um, her lungs, uh, uh, she may get back on the ventilator, so there's been a little bit of a setback. And so we want to pray uh, for uh, that progress to happen as well. Let's continue to pray for Hazel as she continues to recover and uh, pray for Isaac and his new treatments. And then please uh, share requests with each other and pray for each other. Huh? Please continue to pray when I just cover us. Father, thank you, Lord. God, you spell love, O-B-E-Y. And so, Lord, help us, God, to express our love to you by obeying your commandments, Lord. God, teach us, God, uh, in this season, especially when the world, God, seems to be moving in the opposite direction. 
God, help us to be countercultural, God, in that way by just simply loving you by obeying you. Lord, we want to continue to lift up our church, God, especially our members that that are going through difficult seasons. God, come and be the ever-present help in their time of need. Be the comforter, the one who stands right alongside of them. Thank you, God. Watch over us today, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Please keep, keep praying. Pray for one another, and we'll see you tomorrow.